Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz, and this is the show where I bring to life the true failures, the true successes, and the true learnings from recruiters and recruitment business owners. My mission is for this podcast to become the place for recruiters to learn from others and to give a real insight into what it's like to work in the industry so those considering a career in recruitment know exactly what they're getting into. The Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast, my name is Hisham Azuz, and today I'm finally joined by uh, Paul Toms, who is the founder of EMEA Recruitment. Um, good to see Paul, you. <laughs> yeah, good to see you, and uh, obviously I know you come down from Nottingham today, mm-hmm. and um, so thank you so much for coming down, really yeah, appreciate no it. Um, been meaning to happen for a, for a little while, hasn't it, when mm-hmm. we um, first had a chat about podcasting, etc. Um, but Paul, as I was saying before we started, where I always, always, always like to start is uh, uncovering that um, story of how you got into the, the wonderful world of recruitment. So, so let's start there, Paul. How, how did you get into uh, recruitment? Yeah, I mean, it was almost by by accident, to be honest. I mean, I finished uh, university, and yeah. uh, what I'd done at university was a uh, information systems degree, so it was sort of a mix of systems and IT. And yeah. uh, what I took from that was that I, I knew that I didn't want to do IT. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, people who were better than me at it who were much more interested. And I thought, well, what am I really going to do? You know, I thought, um, so I initially started applying for roles in, in sales and went on a few interviews. Okay. Over here in Paul, London. let me just two seconds. Sorry. Okay. Let me just take because I realised you're a bit taller than I expected. Oh, okay, I sat up a little bit. Actually, it's uh, yeah. I thought because no, uh, it's going to be on video. I thought okay, I didn't want these <laughs> slouching down. So no, it's, that's uh, yeah. right. No, that, that will sound better. Now, yeah, yeah keep okay. going. So, so you you wanted to start applying for sales? You said. Yeah. So I went on uh, quite a few sales interviews, but then I also realised that wasn't really going to be the area for me either yeah. because I found that it was very cutthroat and, and a bit too yeah too intense. I was so, going to say, uh, what gravitated towards you to sales? Uh, really just because I felt that I, I knew I didn't want to do too much on the IT side yeah, um, yeah. and um, I'd done some you know jobs in, in between university years and sure. sort of data import or working in warehouses yeah. so I knew I didn't want to do that but it was more <laughs> um, I, I guess from a personality point of view you know, I sort of felt that uh, you know dealing with people every day yeah. is something that uh, I enjoyed it came fairly naturally to me on that side yeah. so um, uh, and, and just doing a bit of research to realise that Recruitment is what I well think of now as almost intelligent sales, but at the yeah, time yeah, yeah. it was sort of that midpoint between the two. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. So basically, applied to a few um, uh, sort of rec to rec companies, and, yeah. and actually they they found me. Uh, my first recruitment job was over uh, here in London, uh, oh, okay. working for a company called Harcourt Matthews. Here, okay, really. nice. So, yeah. So um, what what I'm always interested in, and you mentioned it there that you did a bit of research and looked into it, and 100. percent So that makes sense that you. You felt like you enjoyed the people part and, and it was a bit more than, I guess, selling a product. There's a mm. bit more to it. And um, what, what, what did you find out in that research? Like, what, what did you think of recruitment before... Um you start having interviews and that like what what was the perception yeah i mean because before i'd initially looked into it so i didn't really have a perception of what yeah. it should be you know i mean i think the main thing from speaking to some of the rec directors where they were saying well you know obviously you're dealing with people all the time yeah. it is challenging because you know if you're selling a product a product doesn't have an opinion exactly. you know when people have a clearly people yeah, have got opinions you them the it. Yeah. Say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, completely change their mind yeah. or whatever and i think uh, so it's managing people's um sort of 
expectations, sure. the, the challenges, and 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 you know, ultimately, I mean, the long and short of it is, was that you know, you are you're helping people change people's lives, yeah. hopefully for the for the better if you yeah. do the job right. But also, I think you know, clearly there is the the money motivation aspect of it as yeah. well, and that was what was sold to me quite a lot by the rector yeah, I was going to say uh, did yeah. they double down did they sort of sell that more than the other parts uh, yeah I mean that I don't necessarily they sold it more but it was definitely part of the pitch to, yeah, of saying, well, this is something good to do and, and I think you know and what made me realise that I could be okay at this is that um, one of the rector that I met he said right okay I'll, I'll go away and, and then come back to you in a few let's say a few days with yeah, some yeah, ideas yeah. and then a few days he came back and he, he had interviews for me everywhere you know really? all, all the big name companies and then some uh, smaller ones and yeah. uh, and so I thought well actually you know this 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 is quite a good sign you know that yeah, yeah. Um, you know that that I must have something to offer the the industry you yeah, know? So, yeah. and then yeah it sort of grew from there really Fair so what um so why why did you choose the so if you if you had quite a few interviews why did you choose it? I'm I'm always interested about that like why did you choose the company that you did to to start yeah your it was uh, well Harcourt Matthews is a it's a family owned business okay, they, nice. they had maybe uh, at the time they had six or seven people working oh, in the wow, office okay. in, similar they, to in, me when uh, I started yeah. oh, okay okay yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean I think it's because they're in um, in Enfield uh, okay and, uh, uh, oh, so, is that is that like North London yeah North yeah. London yeah and they focus on recruitment in the Northern Home Counties okay. specifically in, in finance. And uh, whilst I'd had the opportunity to go to some of the larger businesses like yeah. the Michael Pages, the Walters, and I just felt that actually, you know, that having the attention of a of a business owner who's built a business that, you know, I think at that time was turned over about a million pounds. Yeah. I thought actually, yeah, you know, that that that's quite that could be quite a cool thing to do because if yeah. I'm going to learn from anybody, I'd rather learn from someone who's been there and done it yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. on a bigger scale. 100%. And uh, and you know, obviously, you know, very different culture, you know, compared to. Um, a larger business, yeah. uh, uh, and uh, and yeah, and, and that was the reason I went for the smaller business, just because of that working with the yeah. owner and and i mean actually it, it was a, it, well it still exists it's a husband and wife team and uh so you know maybe there's also some things that i picked up from there for, <laughs> uh, impact of the future yeah no well. so, i think yeah. um no i think that's really cool that you brought that because that that's what gravitated me towards uh going to the business that i started and it was a, yeah, it was a um a size of eight i um I sat next to the director, the owner of the business, and he built till the time he left, and until uh, till I left. And yeah, I I, I learned so much from him. He was he was a mentor to me, and um, yeah, I th- I feel like I'd if I was to go back and do it, I'd always pick that type of business, like mm. over a big corp- corporate. Um, obviously, they have pros and cons to both. However, I think that, as you said, that that direct relationship with the the, the business owner, I just think is really invaluable, and um, I love especially in sales when you do have the really challenging days and you work hard to feel really valued um, mm. and actually a real part of the business mm. um, helps a lot when yeah. you have those tough times. Yeah. So h- how long did you stay there for? So I was there for about uh, a year and a half. So okay, actually cool. not as so I was saying all that. I wasn't there so that long, but I, I think I've reached the point where... Um, did they grow in that time? Or was it yeah, they grew uh, grew a bit. So, so I think they they took on another two or three people. And, okay, and, fair uh, but I got to the point where I felt I needed to do something something different. Nice. You know, I I I, I felt that uh, I was ready to go into a, a slightly bigger business yeah, and maybe yeah, yeah. have a bit more um, a bit more responsibility on that yeah. side. Uh, and uh, as I say, I mean, I'm still in, in, in regular contact with, uh, uh, with with Guy Matthews who, who owns uh, that that business yeah, I was yeah, working yeah. for and and, uh, and left on. on good terms but it was just felt like it was the yeah, right time it. for a change and, yeah. yeah and yeah. uh and and the other 
big selling point for me was that the whilst I was doing the UK recruitment in um, in Enfield uh, in Northern Counties, this opportunity that I ne- went to next was the international opportunity, oh, and, nice. it's, uh, and, I, and I felt that so actually that's been a real foundation be for quite the cool, career, cool thing to do. Yeah, yeah. basically, yeah. So this so late two thousand and one, this was wow. all, all all happening, that's... and uh, and um, yeah, I went for an interview. Uh, the company well, it's now called Morgan McKinsey, but it was called Executive Connections at the time, okay. based in in Holborn, and I went for an interview initially for a role in in Dublin, and oh, wow. uh, and uh, and met quite a number of people uh, over the course of the day in London uh, left the interview felt it went well and then they gave me a call saying well yeah Dublin maybe not but we've got something in Amsterdam you know would you consider oh, wow. it and, I, and at the time just thinking well you know, How old why, you why not? Uh, so only twenty one. Yeah, twenty one. I mean, twenty one year old offering getting offered a job in Amsterdam. I'm not showing <laughs> sure people would uh, that could turn be, that, that down. could be. It's dangerous for health, I think, and mental state. But I think that. Yeah, uh, yeah I think that uh, it was one of those things where you just thought, well, you know, this is pretty cool. This is yeah. good. I think. To, I to think do, that's so. one of the amazing things about recruitment, right? It, it genuinely can take you around the world. that, yeah. that skill set and yeah. and having that. So. Before we talk a bit more about that, I'm always I'm always curious to um, see how those yeah those, those first twelve to eighteen months were in recruitment because for me that that was really I found that really difficult and mm. um, a, a real tough um, time and 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 that, I know that's a, a real big reason as to um, only one in three people stay in recruitment for longer than twelve months right mm. and then obviously a lot can happen in those first few months which. Um, People are like, what the hell am I doing? Why am I in recruitment, mm. right? So how, how were your first 12 months in that? How did, how did they approach you? Was you just sourcing candidates? Um, what were you doing in, in those well, I think times? I think the, the interesting thing initially is that the recruitment, the job of a recruiter then is very different to a job of okay. a recruiter now. Okay. I, mean, I think certainly then, I mean, you've got to remember that the internet was... Uh, it was only really just starting to be used at that That's point. I mean, we, we had a database, we, we had, we were online, but, but it wasn't the case. There was no LinkedIn, uh, you yeah, know, and, uh, and so you've got to think that it was going back a bit to the, uh, the old fashioned model of doing it where you, you know, to headhunt people, you had to, you had to call them, uh, yeah. you know, and, uh, and everything was really phone based, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. You, yeah, you do a bit on email, but it was still mainly phone based work. So, you know, you it was, CVs. Uh, you, you, sometimes, <laughs> Yeah, sometimes it was. Uh, yeah, it That's was a sign of my age now. But it's, uh, <laughs> but it's sometimes there were facts, but but it wasn't. Uh, but most of the time it was emails. I've got to say yeah, that as well. Enough, but, I think, enough, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but I think that um, yeah, I mean that the good thing with with that experience was that um, you know he. The, the two managers there, two owners, they really pushed me. Like, yeah. Two, you got no, you uh, had no way to hide, extreme. right? Yeah, that's it. You're in a, there's, you know, eight of you in eight of you in one office, you know, and you, 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 yeah. you have to, you have to, yeah, there, there is, like you said, there's no way to hide and, exactly. and you, and you've got the owner of the business sitting next to you. Exactly. So there's, uh, so if he says to make, uh, you know, 20 calls in the next, uh, you know, couple of hours, you, you do it. And, uh, yeah. and, and, and it was long, you know, long hours, you know, I mean, I was always the, or most of the time the first in, most of the time the last to leave, you know, you're talking 12, 13 hour days. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I enjoyed it, and and I could see that there was um, there, it was something that I, I I could be good at, but I could be better at as well. And yeah, I think yeah. um, you know having uh, yeah having the, the the owners around you, you know, it, it they did really push. I mean, yeah, I nice. think it is a very different environment to the way it is today. Yeah, but it yeah. was mainly you were judged mainly on the number of calls you made really? uh, rather than anything else you know I mean admittedly you know he'd always look at the work in progress and the yeah. pipeline but but ultimately it, it stemmed back to the number yeah, of calls yeah because that, that activity 
equaled should be getting more fees on the board or your pipeline being healthy mm. right um mm. okay so was there any was there any sort of real tough parts then in that in that early part in, in that business or was it did you find it pretty pretty okay and, and dealt i with think it, that um yeah i mean you obviously you always there was always tough bits you know i yeah. mean on a, on a daily basis especially as you're learning you know yeah. i mean uh, you know I, he was very much somebody who uh, said, um, you know, you learn by doing, you know, yes. so it, it wasn't all theory, you, yeah. you, you know, the training lessons that you had were great, but it was very much, you know, you learn from your mistakes yeah. and you learn by being on the phone and speaking to people. And, uh, and, and that, you know, obviously if I listen back to some of the calls I made in the first six months, I, I'd, I'd probably be quite... Uh, yeah, quite. I don't know whether I recognise myself actually, but but it was one of those things. And silly, and and it's the the you know it's the way we work now. It's a learning process, process, really. Isn't it? It's like yeah, you learn from your mistakes. That's the best exactly. way to learn. How are you? Um, how are your billings then in the first eighteen months? So in the good first, right? uh, yeah, it was good. I mean, we won a couple of you know quite big clients in the northern home counties. I mean, the, the Interbrew, the company owned Stella. You know, oh, wow. they they were the first big client that I got. They were oh, based nice. in Luton. How did you get them? Really growing. Uh, well, it was through. Um, a candidate really oh, you know nice. what I mean and so it was a candidate that, that was placed there by somebody else but actually uh, you know I'd, I'd spoken to him got to know him really well for and, leads. and then uh, yeah that's it leads. yeah and then uh, <laughs> sort of uh, yeah meeting up with him and, and, nice. and when he had he was at the kind of level where he had a team and uh, and then basically when he joined, rather than going to the company that had actually placed him because he, he didn't have a great experience with them he came to, to me because he just it just got on yeah, well, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, uh, and that that sort of that one individual uh, we recruited um, nine or ten people for them. Over it's crazy the how that can happen, months. isn't it? Like just yeah, that, that's yeah. a really cool thing, isn't it? Like yeah, if yeah. you get really one good relationship, it could open up like a number of relationships, which could mean it, yeah, that's it, and that's I mean? why it's just taking each each call and each each meeting, try and get as you know Most go into it, it prepare as much as you can, and go into it with the an open mind because you never know who this person knows, and especially exactly. in those days when you didn't have LinkedIn, exactly. you didn't know who the, that person yeah, knew. Yeah, so yeah. it's uh, and it's uh, so yeah, so in, to answer the question. I mean, the billings-wise, in in the first twelve months, I, I did about one hundred and twenty thousand, really, you know, which was quite cool. You know, That's for great. the first twelve months, I did I did twenty four k. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's well, uh, great yeah, but, <laughs> and that's that's why you're on the other side of the table now. Isn't it? But, I think, uh, but you know, it was uh, yeah. I mean, it was it was cool because uh, what I did then because we had Innsbruck as a client, thought well, actually, there's plenty of other you know cool um, you know brewing companies yeah. uh, and FMCGs in in the area. So that became my niche. my niche really. So we were I was doing a lot with Innsbruck with with Diageo who oh, own uh, Guinness. You know, so yeah. we worked we recruited a few people for them in yeah. in the center of London uh, and uh, uh, um, yeah S- uh, Saab Miller was another yeah, one we did nice. work with and Fuller's I, you know, I think so that's good was, I yeah. think that's good advice for um, I've heard it a few times good advice for people who I don't know may obviously there's so many industries that you can recruit in now but when when you do start speaking to candidates and you recognise the the skill set they have or the experience is really sought after in the, in the particular sector and it's really niche it's I guess the only way that you can find that niche where you can really become an expert is by speaking to candidates and mm. try and register. Because as soon as you find that niche, it's something that you can really double down on and become mm. an expert in that in that small small part of the sector. But that's a really great advantage. And do yeah. you get what I mean? Obviously, a lot of people now in today's world. Um, I mean, if you were to say oh, I'm a generous recruiter, that'd be quite frowned upon, and a lot of people would think mm. I'm not sure 
um, how fruitful that is or what, why would you not want to niche down and speci- specialise? So I think that's always good advice, isn't it? To Yeah, the thing is, that, I mean, it's the 80-20 rule. It's something that, we, that, that has always been... My first manager talked about okay. it and, and then it's it's been consistent through uh, my career, really. Where, you know, you're not looking to, to... You don't need to have the whole world uh, yes. you're using you as, as exactly. a recruiter. All you need is uh, is, is 20% uh, of the markets and, and they'll, they'll bring in what, what you need, you know, and I think... Uh, what, as in like clients? Uh, yeah, if you, yeah, if you have... if You have 20, you can get uh, 80% of your business can come from 20% of the candidates yeah, so uh, or, or clients, you know, so yeah, you, yeah. Um, you, you don't need to, to, to have the whole world using you as long as you've got that, you know, that, that strong niche and you have maybe five, six, seven good, good you know, repeat um, recruiters of businesses yeah, yeah, yeah. you know if they're if they're doing a lot of recruitment every year um then yeah you don't you don't need to, to, yeah, do, yeah. to go beyond that you know yeah. so it's and that that was something that that the guy matthews taught me about in my first job but also as i moved through the career Stuck it's been consistent uh you know through yeah, the no, career i think, I think that's smart because um i think early on there's just something about getting jobs on that you just can end up you you just love getting them in but they can also be a pitfall in terms of like you end up spending a lot of time on jobs that you can't really fill or mm. um but it's very easy to end up oh yeah i've got 30 jobs on but and then it's like okay well how many of those can you fill and mm-hmm. um but i know early on i remember if you if you got a job on there was just something about getting a job on getting a new client that i don't know you just you, you just loved yeah. uh, do you know what i mean but no i think that's really good advice so yeah. before we before we move on then to, to later on in your career what any advice to, to people that are sort of in those first 12, 18 months um, in recruitment? Anything that you've, le- you've learned from or looking back, like what what advice would you give to, to those people? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a few bits. I think yeah. listening is the, the key thing. Oh, you yeah, know? I mean, I think not just listening to what your your manager is saying, but I think listening to what the, the, the any contact you're speaking to is saying. I mean, it's one, it's one of the the hardest skills to actually yeah. develop, you know, because especially as recruiters or, or salespeople, you want to jump in and, and push the conversation. Oh, yeah. I was so direction. bad for that. And you've just got to, you just sit back you and, and listen and, and uh, yeah. And, and then if you ask the right questions, then they, the, the, the right answers will, will come. Yeah. So, but that, even from an early stage, you know, listening to your manager or, or the, 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 the colleagues in the office who've got more experience than you is, is a, is yeah, a key no, thing. Good and, advice. Uh, and I think the other thing is really that, a lot of people will, will say that they want to, to be good at this job. A lot of people will say that they're motivated by, by money or motivated to achieve things yeah. on their vision board. But in reality, they don't necessarily do it. You know, so the biggest thing is actually taking action on these things. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you, one of the comments that I had back, um, actually from the first few years of recruitment is that I never heard the word no, you know, which, uh, <laughs> which I only like to think of in terms of recruitment, nothing else. But I think it's more, you know, they, they do, basically they just said, you know, if I was on the phone with a client, and I asked them, oh, well, have you got? Are you recruiting at the moment? And say no. I'd always send them a CV regardless, and say, yeah, well, nice. you know, you might not be looking now, but if you're looking in a few months' time, here's somebody who I think can fit. And as long as it was someone from the same industry or there was some yeah. connection there, it would always be 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 well received. Uh, so I think for me, in the early stages, it, it's really listening to what the advice you're getting from yeah, all, nice. all different angles. Uh, I think you know, and, and making sure you're taking a lot of a lot of action, and and you know. Uh, following up on on yeah. on the course, and I think have. just to round that off, like it, it it will pay off if you if you put in that work, won't it? I think mm. recruitment always proves that if you, if you're doing the right activities, if you're learning from people around you, 
those first six, 12 months ca- can be tough. Obviously, mm. it wasn't as tough a year. Mm. Um, <laughs> but um, like, obviously, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Like That hard work will be repaid through mm. good client relationships, earn some good money, and, and generally have a real opportunity to make an um, impact on a number of people's lives, right? So, mm. um, But when, when you're in those first early months, like you, sometimes you can't really see that. You're just in the day-to-day, getting rejected every single day, not getting hold of people, etc. But um, generally, if you do have the work ethic and continue there's light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. um so the job in amsterdam then did you take it yeah yeah nice. yeah yeah that's uh yeah because I, I got on really well with all the people nice. i met and, and that, that that there's always a, a big did you meet the people in that the team in Amsterdam before you went? No, on. well, initially they, they didn't have a team in Amsterdam initially. Oh, so so the, what, you the, the, job, the job was basically to join uh, a new team. So they had, um, there was a, three, I think three or four people working in the, the office in, in London. Oh, and wow. There was always the aim to build the um, build the team in London uh, and then yeah. move out, move the team out to Amsterdam, Amsterdam. at a certain point. And, yeah. uh, uh, and I got on well with them. I, you know, I, I, I thought, well, you know, I get the best of both worlds. I get to live in London still with my mates in London and uh, travel to Amsterdam you know, do a job that I like yeah. it, you know it was a, a great a great a great combination really so yeah, 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 yeah. okay yeah. so how long was you there for so I was there for three years okay. uh, and uh, yeah okay so let, let's uncover that a bit because I know um, as, as I said um, earlier being a recruiter and having that skill set can present opportunities all over the world. So how? So what? What? What did your week look like then? So was you based in London but went to Amsterdam two, three times a week, or was you based in Amsterdam? How? Did, no, so was I, was, I mean, initially, so I was based in in London, and then we'd travel out to um, to Amsterdam a couple of times a month. Uh, oh, okay, a month. yeah. Fair so we go for uh, two, two or three nights. Couple of the times a month, okay. you know. So, but, you, did, uh, but yeah. you started recruiting for the European market. That was the the change. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. So okay. we were, um, yeah. All all the all the roles we were recruiting were. I mean, it wasn't just Amsterdam. It was the whole of the Netherlands. Yeah, we were whole of Netherlands. In, uh, yeah. Okay. So and uh, so all the clients working with were based in the Netherlands. All the candidates were working with by yeah. and large were in the Netherlands as well. So. Yeah. So how did you do with that transition then? Because I, I can imagine that comes with challenges. Yeah. Like how did you? How did um? So I'm completely assuming here that everyone pretty much spoke English. That wasn't a problem, right? Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I mean, well, certainly the the clients I dealt with did because my Dutch <laughs> my Dutch wasn't very good. But I think I think in uh, I think yeah in the Netherlands, you know, obviously yeah, English is uh, is widely spoken. Yeah. And I think it's one of the reasons why it's a very popular. Yeah. yeah. You know, so how so how do you deal with that? Because for me, um, you probably experienced this in your before you joined in the previous job, but a massive selling point of my service was that I meet my candidates, I meet my clients. We we but we we will um we, I cover this certain area so I'm over there once twice a week so like don't know how 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 was that challenge because I can imagine I just instantly think that that if I'm calling a a business base in the Netherlands and it's a, it's a UK recruiter I don't know was there friction there or was it is it something that they've been used to yeah like, no occasionally or, or actually the, uh, in those days a number of times you know if they found out that we weren't actually based in oh, the okay. Netherlands you know they, they, it would be an issue because you know you get a lot of companies. Who was saying, well, how can you understand the culture That's what I mean. and, and the so way how, they how work? How do you, you deal know? with that? Um, well, I mean, basically, over time, we developed the model really, and, yeah. and so the um, we were GE was a, a huge client for for, for the business. Okay. And, uh, so at the time, GE were the largest company in, in the world, wow, and okay. uh, and you know they had a very um, uh, Let's say tough interview technique that they yeah, used sure. to use, and uh, so we almost pretty much took the the interview technique that GE used and put that into place uh, in the business or in our in our Dutch uh, division, so that 
ultimately, really, the interview notes that we were presenting to, to clients Good quality. Were, were, were great, but they were better than what was being presented by the notes of local agencies. Ah, okay. So, you, you know, it, it was sort of starting to offset the fact that we weren't there. Uh, yeah. we, we, we interviewed the candidates a lot. Um, a lot more thoroughly, uh, you know, yeah. on on the phone. And uh, you know, back in those days, I mean, Skype was just coming out, you really? know? so you, you could you could use it, but it it wasn't something that you would ideally want you do, to use. You just have a phone call, out and you, yeah, you'd use it phone call mainly, right. and it was always uh, you know problematic, yeah. you know, in those days. But uh, yeah, but so you you basically um, yeah prove you were good by the the notes that you were sending across with oh, the. That's with really the interesting. Really. So. The fact that yeah okay, Mr. Client, we we uh, we are predominantly based in the UK. However, um, we will uh, over deliver on quality and, and the service, right? So I guess mm. at the end of the day, if 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 uh, if you're a client and you get sent CVs, whatever's the, the the quality that stands out is gonna eliminate any other sort of factor really at the end of the day that's the great mm. thing about recruitment isn't it that mm. they mm. can go our oh, recruiters are annoying or whatever it's, they aren't great but if you've got someone that they want or you've got a skill set that they need mm. then all of that goes out the window mm. Mm. yeah that's it that's it <laughs> so you just okay, double down on the service yeah, and then yeah. you saw yeah. a, okay that's cool so um and then did you pro- did you progressively spend more time in Amsterdam or did you continue to sort of yeah the so UK for or? the first uh, for the first I think probably eighteen months it was it was still doing the the travel a few times a yeah. few times a month but then um, the the manager of the team changed and and, and a Dutch guy came in uh, from uh, Robert Walters okay, and nice. uh, uh, and then he very quickly said right we want to move yeah, now, yeah you know. so the move actually happened very quickly and uh and uh, uh so yeah a few people didn't want to yeah didn't sure across they stayed in, in london uh but so in the end there was myself two of the colleagues and then the manager who moved moved across at that so you moved that over there yeah, yeah how, so. so just quickly as well like how did um again i'm just out just out of curiosity here but like how how did candidates take it speaking to like an, a, a british recruiter like was that was that okay or was there challenges there yeah it, it, you know every now and again it was there yeah. was a challenge you know but i think generally you know they they quite liked the fact they were speaking to a, um uh an english native speaker because then it, they could test their they're okay. English, yeah, uh, you know, enough. on you, and and actually, um, and yeah, in the Netherlands, you know, most people speak, uh, yeah, yeah, speak yeah. It that's fair enough to a degree, anyway. Uh, so, so yeah, but it, it was, yeah, occasionally it presented a few problems, but 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 we actually by the point we've moved over, we had a couple of um, Dutch guys in the team, oh, so, nice. so that yeah, helps so that, that that helps. That's out cool. So, well, um, so, how long did you spend recruiting in um, the Netherlands and actually based there? Did you spend so I was there for about a year and a half. Yeah, so I was in in actually based in Amsterdam for yeah about about a year and a half. So I was in that company for about three years in total, and yeah. had half in the UK, half. How in um, any advice on sort of trans- like dealing with that transition? Because I'm sure again, as I said, uh, I'm sure people uh, recruiters will be getting tapped up on a daily basis who've been in the game for a while about opportunities in Australia, Netherlands, mm. all these places. Any mm. any advice for people that, that might be considering? Yeah, well, there's, there'd be a lot of things I'd do differently, that is for sure. <laughs> well, let's I mean, talk about I, that. I, I, think yeah, I, mean, I mean, I basically, they, they said, right, we, you know, you've got two days to decide whether you want to go to Amsterdam oh, wow. or not. And, uh, two days? Yeah, but, and that was it. You know, so they told us, they, they, they told us on a, well, no, not, or? no, no, I mean, I was in London <laughs> living with my mates and uh, so there was no commitments in London. Obviously, I had, you know, I had the flat here, you yeah. know. I was renting a renting a, a house, you know, and uh, uh, and you know, and I didn't push back on them at all. You know, yeah. I just said, right, okay, I've got two day, you know, I've got the weekends to decide yeah. if I'm going to just 
leave for, yeah, you know, yeah, everything yeah. I know and uh, and and I think through experience I you know I should have pushed back and got really? a bit more time um, I think you know the whole the whole process moved very quickly but it wasn't the it wasn't the nicest of, of relocations you know okay. I mean they they you know they we were they, they I mean they put us in a hotel but it was it, it was a very uh, um, sort of dodgy hotel let's say <laughs> so uh, yeah so there's four of us living this living this hotel and, and yeah I mean none of us really enjoyed that kind of phase yeah. we were there for about three months in this hotel and you just think oh you know, really if we'd have if we'd have done it better if we were a bit more experienced or had a bit more about us we would have pushed back a yeah, bit yeah, more yeah. Um, you know so so I think I would have definitely got more from the company you know thinking well okay yeah. realise my value a bit more yeah, than, yeah, than, yeah. Than so I if did, anyone if anyone's considering that firstly make sure that a company's giving them a bit of structure as to how they're mm. going to be embedded in this new country, right? Yeah. That's the challenge, isn't it? So mm. anything mm. else then? That- yeah, and I think, you know, actually getting some... I mean, this was a bit specific for my situation, but yeah. our manager changed and uh, and I, I'd hardly met the new manager, you know, oh, so okay. I didn't I didn't really know who he was and none of us did, really. Yeah. And, and actually, ultimately, you know, the, the, he, he was quite... You know, he's, he's obviously got a very successful career in recruitment, but he was a very different um, to style of manager yeah, than our sure. previous one, and uh, and it wasn't something that we were um, well. used to. And, and I, I think in the long term, it, it didn't really work that well with the, the group of people we had. I mean, the three of us that moved over, we, we'd all uh, left within the next 12 months really, oh wow okay uh, say, or next so, so I guess what you're saying there is if again if you're looking at moving abroad meet as many people as possible uh, obviously which yeah. now is a lot easier to do isn't it yeah yeah Skype, video the whole thing whatever. is a lot a lot easier now and, and I think you know because I, I knew I lo- I mean I love the markets you know I mean I was um, you're making good money out of it I had some yeah. good clients you know really enjoy and still do the, enjoy working in the market but um, yeah but definitely you know being given a weekend to the side you know where you're going to spend you know your life really it's uh, because obviously I had to deal with all the stuff with the move from London as well you know the contracts and the house and uh, and you know it did it, it cost me it, well, it ended up costing me money, which you know that should never happen, really. When yeah, uh, an no, employee is no. moving, you know, so that that's what I'd, yeah. If I were, if I was in, if someone else was in my shoes and going back there, I'd definitely push the company more to get more from them. Yeah, so, no, yeah, I think yeah. I think that's good advice. So, and then, um, so when did you set up your own agency? Then was it after that experience, or was it? Did you have a bit? No, more time? I mean, what happened was, as you know, I mentioned that uh, our manager changed. In, in yeah, Amsterdam, yeah, yeah, and uh, and 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 then ultimately the our old manager. Gave us uh, gave me a call at, um, a few months after she started a new job, and yeah. she she was working for a company called um, CVO. And okay. what they do is they um, they recruit across uh, Central and Eastern Europe. Okay, uh, nice. And uh, and she said, you know, do you want? Be, would you be interested in this new job with me? You can make uh, well a, a lot of money out of it, but it, it was more. You, she said that it's up to you what job you want. Pretty much, you nice. can recruit in any country you want to do any discipline. Uh, you can work from home, you know, because oh, wow, okay. she she knew that I could I could do the job. Yeah, uh, yeah. She said the only sort of thing you need to do is make sure you're in the head offices a couple of times a month. And the head offices one was in London in in Holborn, and one was in in Budapest uh, in, oh, wow. in Hungary. So uh, yeah, and I was like, well, you know, that that's pretty cool. So I, yeah, so yeah. I basically yeah went and and did that really. Uh, yeah, because I got on very well with uh, with with, with Jack, her name's Jackie Field. I got on yeah. very well with her, and uh, and yeah, she was my manager for three nice. years at Executive. So where did so, where did so. you get better? Where was your best Budapest? You went to? Yeah, so it was a combination. 
I spent a lot of time in Budapest. Uh, and, I, I've, uh, and then, I've been, yeah, I've been on holiday. I love it. It's amazing. Isn't it's it? cool. It's a nice, a nice place. I mean, I think they, uh, yeah. And at that time, you know, it was less developed than what it is yeah, now. I mean, yeah. well, the whole of central, the central Eastern Europe was, uh, you know, that was the time when it was really starting to grow. You yeah, know? yeah. So it's a quite a different um, uh, region now yeah. compared to what it used to be. But um, and that, you know, is a very different challenge to what I'd had in uh, in, in the Netherlands, to be honest. Mm. So it was in what, really in what, exciting. In what way? Uh, well, in reality, you know, this is when all the the shared service centres started opening in, okay. in 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 the market. So, you know, um, and so you, you'd end up with a huge number of roles. You know, I mean, yeah. it's uh, and all I did was called the companies that I used to work with in the Netherlands, or pre- even going back to what, the ones I was working with in the UK. Saying, are you, are you opening an office in Central East Europe? Have you got anything covenants? there? And then it's uh, and then it's sort of no, because it, because it was working in a different um, country. Oh, and the, country enough, the company smart. that I'd left, you know, they didn't do Central East Europe, yeah. so there was no uh, competition yeah, no issue. And uh, and you know, I mean, my first day, I made a couple of calls and got 120 jobs. Uh, so what? There was one uh, large retail business who uh, just said, "Yeah, we're looking for 80 people in, in in Poland. You know, can you help?" And you, you come off that kind of call and think, "This, I'm, I, I've, I'd never been in that situation before. Yeah, that's you know, crazy. I, and, uh, I'd handled volume recruitment, not not to that extreme. Yeah, and uh, and I just thought, I, I don't know." how am I going to do this? You yeah, know, and then, yeah, then yeah, I yeah. thought I'll make one more BD call and, and then I'll give my manager a call and just yeah. see what she says. But my next BD call got uh, something like 35, 40 jobs. And, uh, <laughs> so, okay, I've got to stop doing BD for the moment. Here. I've got to find out what I'm so going to do with this. So BD you know, calls, so, you've got 120 yeah, jobs. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was a, you know, and you just thought, but, you know, and on the face of it, you think this is amazing. Yeah. But on the other side, you think, well, you know, it's one of those things that if a market is very heavily, um, yeah, job focused, then you know maybe there's a big shortage. There's going to be a, yeah, a, a big yeah, yeah. battle the for the candidates. Side. So in either side of the recruitment cycle, whether you have too many candidates or too many yeah. jobs, there's always a challenge. But it just you have to adapt to the the, the challenge really. really yeah. yeah. So, so then did you did, did you put all your eggs in focusing on the candidates? Then like what what was the advice? Yeah. Well, manager? this is where um, you know uh, I mean that that year I I, I built just over a million pounds that wow. year just myself, and this came from having the um well myself and, and jackie and and one of the directors of this cvo who i worked for uh they had a very um strong emphasis on on the research model so they had uh, okay. they had researchers based um all over central and eastern europe so basically i, I had a uh, any projects i got um uh, i passed it over to the researchers pretty quickly and said well i've got let's say 40 jobs here you know um uh, i've taken all the details got the the agreement in place yeah and said to the researchers just if you find me people uh then all i need to do is just really press send on the the emails and as long as they cut the researcher knows what they're looking for then you know let's say eight times out of ten they're the right people so so yeah it was a case of really having i so i had an army of researchers working with me and uh, uh and 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 it was just completely changing the approach you know because i didn't want to be searching for those roles because the roles were fairly junior level you know yeah, yeah, shared yeah. service sense roles but but at the same time uh you know because there were so many roles out there it meant i could just do what i was good at and go and meet with the you know the managers directors of these businesses and uh and then the researchers were you know awesome there, yeah you know and, just uh, to and, um because this is where I've heard it a few times since moving up here in meetings and stuff. But I think when we spoke on the phone the first time, you told me about researchers. So ju- just 
not, maybe not everyone knows, I'm not sure, but what what is actually the role of a researcher within a, a recruitment business? So they're really doing a lot of the, um, the, the research and analysis behind the project. So if you're looking for, say, you're looking for an accountant and a shared yeah. service centre, uh, they'll go through um, uh, and the headhunts of the individuals. So they do a lot of research on, on LinkedIn, yeah. on, on Zing, or, or, yeah. or those kind of those kind of things and put um, put a, a short list together but depending on the level of the researchers sometimes it will be almost a, a phone screen um, yeah. you know so, so they would have done basic that. basic in, uh, sort of details yeah. or if it's a senior researcher or uh, a research director then ultimately they'll they'll present you with the, the you know, full interview notes behind it. You yeah. know? So it's uh, so it means that, that ultimately they focus on what they're good at because you find a lot of the best researchers don't want to make the crossover to being a, a consultant. A lot of the best consultants don't want to make the crossover to being a researcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you actually get the combination of the two, then you get the best out of both worlds because you get a consultant who loves to to, to win business, know, to, to win business and you get a researcher who loves to build up shortlists. So you, yeah. then you then you you are covering both off quite well. Yeah. But obviously, what it means is. You've got to double on the biller side. You've got to make sure that you are, yeah, you're, you're doubling your your fees because otherwise you've got a team of researchers. And if you build the same, then clearly I was going to say, how does say, it well, work? Why, for, do they get commission? Yeah, so they'll get a certain percentage yeah, of yeah. each placement. But but you know, at the end of the day, if you are, uh, yeah, if you're not, then over. Uh, achieving on your bidding, then then that model just doesn't work because yeah, uh, yeah, then yeah. the company is ultimately paying so what did, more people. So just just quickly, and, we'll, and then we'll talk about sort of your journey on on building your own business. But obviously, I mean, look, billion, billion and a million pounds in one year is an amazing achievement. So like, what what did your day look like back then? So you got these uh, army research researchers, which essentially, I guess, would save you a lot of time, right? Mm-hmm. So what what did your day look like, and and what do you think are some of the habits that you had by that point that you consistently did that enabled you to, to, to have that much of a successful year? Yeah, I mean, it was really focused, you know, so I made sure that in the morning I had, um, you know, say four hours where I'd be speaking to my, my key contacts, speaking to the key clients and uh, then trying to push, you know, the relationships forward or yeah. dealing with any, any issues. And then the afternoons were more of the, the reactive work, so um, be it sending out um, the CVs, dealing yeah. with uh, people internally or... Uh, or, or preparing people for interview and so yeah. on. So it was very, in a very simplistic way. That's the way that I, I did it. But yeah. the, um, but the, the the big challenge as always is that you know you can have this in your diary. So this is what I want to do. But actually, you know, you have the you have people internally and externally calling you when yeah. you, you want to be doing they pull you away from that. And, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and I think that was why I was good in that I just didn't entertain anything that was outside of that nice that, that's, you were really uh, disciplined that focus is really disciplined really focused on it and I think uh, and that that has held me in really good stead for you know the the, the business that we now own because you, yeah it's sort of trying to pass that on to the yeah. the, the guys we have now that you, you've got a you've got a in four hours if you do four hours of focus work regardless of what it is that you could you could almost leave the office for the day and think of that I've done what I've I done need that. to do. Yeah, no. yeah and, uh, and and I think um, and I think that was where you know definitely I think it it, it helped me a lot. The, the focus. But you stay on consistent with those four hours, which you know those that those four hours of focus work will enable you to build more and, and be more of a successful yeah. recruiter, right? Yeah, that's it. So you have the four hours in the morning doing that, then the four hours in the afternoon where you'd be doing the reactive, yeah, reactive yeah, yeah. stuff. But I think it's it's also making sure you're focusing on on the right stuff, you know. So we go yeah. back again to the the eighty twenty rule, yeah. you know. 
but also there's um, there's uh, uh, Parkinson's law, which basically is uh, saying you know to try and set your your deadlines quite short. You know, so if you have 24 or 48 hour deadlines, then uh, then it focuses your attention on something much much more. You oh, know, okay. because you it puts you under pressure and it doesn't allow you to to drift off and do something yeah. else. You know, if you have something scheduled for a month's time, you know you you might start doing some prep work on it then the call comes and you think ah oh, you know i've, I've got a, yeah, a, yeah, three yeah. or four weeks to do this so it'll always be you do bits and bobs and then you never really get it done and it'll take you longer so it's basically you know combining the 80 20 rule with this parkinson's law and, and actually having that four two four hour stints during the day and uh and and it and it just it just works very well really yeah that no, side, that, that's it? really interesting so and then was it after this whole experience which seems like you had a, a real successful few years where you decided to to start your own agency sort of i mean basically what happened was i i'd had because i've been traveling around a lot and living away you know i'm, I'm from nottingham originally yeah. and uh, i wanted to come back home you know yeah. friends family there so i moved back home and, and uh and everybody said that i was a bit crazy for moving back because you've turned it you, you know you've done this international work and now you're yeah, coming back yeah, to nottingham yeah. so i joined a company called mackledowie okay. uh, who uh, at that time or still they're still around now but at that time they were i think the largest independent uh, recruiter in 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 the east midlands okay Okay, nice. And uh, and I was only there for three months. Now the but but it was probably the the, the biggest three months of my life. Really, for two reasons. Uh, so uh, firstly, uh, I met my wife. Uh, wow. So that's uh, yeah. So I met Kelly there and pretty uh, big. And uh, yeah, so she was working in 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 the, the same team. So that was a that was a big a big plus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then but I also met. Um, so the guy who owns McIldowie is someone called Paul McIldowie, who okay. is now the chairman of uh, the business that, that, that I own. Oh, so wow. those three months, uh, yeah, met two pretty influential people in my happens. life. You know, so it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it was one of those things. You think, well, you know, um, yeah, I, you could never have predicted that was going to happen. Yeah. But it, it just. Uh, when did you start so, thinking about setting up your own agency? Then where was that? Where so was that basically, from? it was because so I'd, I come back and was doing recruitment in the Midlands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, no the recruitment market, stuff. no, none okay. of it. So focusing on 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 the Midlands, and and the reason it lasted for three months there was just because you know it's just very different. You know, yeah, and you've I, seen I, the opportunity I, in Europe and y- how different it was. Yeah, and you know, you you compare the the whole model is different. I mean, there's no, there's very little that I'd say is uh, it. Or, was the same between yeah. the UK and international markets and uh, the level of people I've been used to speaking to. You know, I enjoy the, the travel side. I enjoy getting out and going yeah, internationally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, so basically, uh, you know, um, yeah, uh, as as I got to know Kel, we started start talking about this. And so she'd been at McIldowie's for uh, 10 years at yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I, I told her I was going to leave and, 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 you know, set up, um, uh, business and uh, and they just said, well, you know, I'm going to leave as well, so you may as well just do it together. And there was something, yeah, okay, that's uh, nice. that's it. And it was one of those weird things, you know, when you read um, books about setting up a business, yeah. you know, they'll say, right, make sure you structure, do a plan, yeah, know your yeah, markets, yeah. know everything about it. We just didn't do any of that. Yeah, it was no, you're not the first person no, no, to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, uh, you know, on the way d- uh, um, down here today, I'm, I'm reading a book by Grant Cardone called the the 10x rule. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, very nice. much uh, similar to that. It's like basically Basically, yeah, you can you can you can research yourself out of an opportunity, and and the, you know yeah, the more you true. research, it, it can put you take you away from it. And uh, and this was it, you know. I mean, we left Michael Dowie, and then and then yeah, maybe a few days later, we were making some calls. You know, we didn't have a. 
we didn't have a website. We were yeah. using a, a Yahoo email address because yeah. we hadn't done any of that. Just thought, let's make some calls, see if we can get some jobs on, and then we'll deal with the issues as they come yeah, up. Wow. So, uh, and yeah, in the first week, we got jobs on, and we sort of thought, actually, Did you get this jobs? Was not quite that many. No, that's, uh, that would have been that would have been that, that would have scared the hell out of me. I think uh, having to recruit, recruit all these on our own. But I think yeah. uh, so. Yeah, we got a few jobs on. It was Kelly that really started it, the ball rolling on it, yeah. and then uh, uh, and then once we saw it was going to work, um, we thought, well, this. This has got some potential, yeah. and uh, and we just found that you know, although we didn't think like this at the time, but when you look back, you think all the all the problems we had, uh, you know, of which there were lots. You know, if you start a business and you've got no business plan, you, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. really think it through. Came they all that. actually helped us get to where we are now. Yeah, you know, which 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 is pretty cool. That's so, really yeah. cool. So, um, okay, cool. So, how long have you been running your business now? Then over a decade. So right? eleven years. Yeah, eleven, 11 years, years now. Yeah, so cool. Uh, yeah. So and then I think correct me if I'm wrong, but you've really leveraged that model that you got exposed to in Europe, right? That researcher model. That mm. is, has that been crucial to enabling you guys to scale and, and grow over those ten years? Or I think I, I, I mean, I don't know. It's been important. Yeah. You know, it was definitely you know the researchers we have. Are, but when are you great, say right? it's a different model, that's what you mean by that, isn't it? Is that right? Or N- no, more. Um, what you mean in terms of the international? So when you market? say like it, oh, I was back um, recruiting in East Midlands and it was a com- like it's a completely different model. No, I mean more about actually the the um, yeah the, the way that the whole cycle works. You okay, know, it's uh, yeah the, the the speeds, the expectations. Um, you know, the, I think just generally what clients expect from a consultant. Yeah, fair it, it's just, yeah, it's, it's just, totally it's different. Massive, fair massive enough. Difference. So yeah, I yeah. guess so, so. Then yeah, so I mean how. How, how I mean, yeah, I'm sure that loads has gone on, but how, how has those 10, 10 11 years been? Because <laughs> going yeah, from no cool. business think, uh, a, lot of, a lot of a learning curve, I'd say. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, so, I mean, I think that uh, you know, I, yeah, obviously the first few years it was myself, Kelly, and then we had um, uh, yeah, a couple of people that we we knew that joined us, and yeah. we were working remotely. And uh, is that uh, good advice? employ people employ like friends or employ people that you really trust is that good advice early on yeah I, I think it, it, well, I mean I, the people that we took on um, were people that we've worked with before we've been in recruitment for a number of years and we knew were great at the job yeah. uh, there's a lady called uh, Isabella who yeah. was actually living in Cambridge at the time so she was working remotely so you know we didn't have office costs yeah, for yeah, start, yeah. but we knew she was great and uh, and, 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 and and yeah it just made, made perfect sense for us you know, so, well um, yeah. when so how many heads are you at now? How many? So we have uh, about forty now. So okay, just cool. uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, we made a couple of offers yesterday. So I'd say forty, yeah, at the moment. <laughs> oh, nice, love that, love that. So um, I guess how um was because I guess when you don't have a plan and stuff, you don't start that business mm. and go, yeah, I want to grow it to forty, fifty people, no. right? So <laughs> like, was there a point? Did you get to a point where you're like, right, are we going to take this to the next level, or do you get what I mean? Yeah, how? definitely. I mean, you know, I, certainly, you know, you you can't you can't continue like that. It's yeah. good to start off with, but I think what what's um the the big thing for me is that we we we've hired great people, whether nice. it's whether it's consultants whether it's office managers or, or admin staff yeah but it, the initially the important thing for us was you know to get good um People. a good managing director yeah. in okay. uh, uh because my I, i'm very aware of my strengths but i'm also aware of my weaknesses i'm not a manager you know nice. and uh, uh and so we knew that we needed to have a, a really someone who was a, a manager an yeah. md who was a manager but um but also you know at the time we started the business paul mcaldowie who i mentioned earlier he he was just selling McEldowie. Okay. So we, we, we sort of 
yeah, had him as a, a mentor, really, yeah, which yeah, was yeah. great in the early stages. But now, obviously, he's he's chairman of the business wow. center. So we took we we um we, yeah, he joined us as a mentor, really, to start off with, and then we kept we got to the point where we have four or five people. Yeah, but because then when you get to four or five people, the management side of it you know starts to yeah. take over the, the 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 job of the director yeah and and i and i stopped and i, I didn't enjoy it and i, and yeah, I was yeah. thinking, well, okay if we're really going to do this i didn't want to just hover around the full five people mark yeah if we're going to invest in this let's let's do it and uh so that's when we brought richard bailey in so richard bailey joined us um uh in 2013 and okay. uh he uh joined robert walters so yeah. he'd, he'd been there he'd, he'd set up offices in in the states so nice. he worked in in new york and it was very bizarre coincidence that you know he, he's from leicester and <laughs> he was moving he wanted he, the same kind of thing we did so he wanted to move back home oh, wow. uh you know be with friends and family yeah. but he, he ideally wanted the international aspects and so you know and he's, he's someone who paul mcadary was referred to so oh, it's wow. always like yeah it's not what you know it's who you know you know you've got to put yourself in you in the position to know these people and i think that's yeah, the thing. exactly and going back to what i was saying earlier it's about taking action on stuff yeah. and not just having the contacts but you know using them as yeah. much as you can really, i know so. i think i think that's really good advice for anyone who is starting out on their own or are still very much in in the building stage of their business but like i think what you're alluding to there is you you generally had the humility to go you know what i'm actually not a great manager and also mm. i don't quite enjoy it so, so that isn't that, that you recognize that that's something you shouldn't spend time on mm. but i'm sure there's obviously a lot of people where sometimes they hold back their growth is that they try and do everything right or they, they're, they're reluctant to let go of certain aspects of being a director or owning the business. Do you get what I mean? So yeah. has, that, has that enabled you to get to the point now? Where oh, massively, you, yeah. massively. I mean, it's it's, it's been a, a key thing. I mean, Rich Rich and Paul have been, uh, I mean, awesome through the, the growth of the business. But, you know, I was saying earlier that we, we've just surrounded, we've brought in great people. Yeah. And, and that that is a large extent down to Rich and Paul. But we've got a, a, a management team layer beneath us, uh, beneath Rich. Who that you really trust. Been, uh, and great. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the thing. It's a trusting element to it. You, we trust the guys 100%. We know they're good at the job. You know, you've got to trust the people because because they're traveling. Yeah. You know, you can't be with everybody all yeah, the time. Exactly. And, uh, and you, you know, and, and it, we know they've got the right abilities, the right motivations. And it's not easy to find these people because probably eight out of every 10 people we meet are not right for us. Yeah. But, but uh, once you find them, it's, uh, yeah, it's what, how we built the business. And our, our retention is... I mean, it's 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 amazing. I mean, we've we've only lost two people to competitors in in the eleven years. Really? So That's we've, crazy. Obviously, we've, we've lost other people, but they but they've been to to do something completely yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. So, Why do you uh, think that is? I think it's the the culture that we 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 built up. You know, I mean, I think uh, you know we we are an unusual business. So yeah. I think uh, you know everything about us is pretty unusual. Yeah. And I think you know we're very open and honest about who we are and and what we do. Yeah. And uh, and either people either people like that. If yeah, people yeah, like yeah. us, it's good. If they don't like us, then that's also good that's though because they're not the right people. Things. Yeah, they're not they're not right for the business. And uh, and you know I think the uh, and I think that's really. Yeah, that that's been the the key thing for us is building this 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 culture up of, of trust and. Uh, so do, uh, when you say that, as in like the culture, like you you generally will give complete autonomy to every single person that comes into your business and and trust and enable them to to be the best that they can without micromanagement and all those things. But yeah, like, 
No, that's it. I yeah. mean, obviously, you know, it depends on the level. You know, yeah, if people are joining us as trainees, you know, then it's a bit different. But yeah. I think, uh, but certainly any any mid to senior level person, you know, we yeah, we 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 make sure that they've got everything they need, and and that we do have a lot of really good training. Yeah, yeah sure. That we run, uh, but that, that uh, but, sort but still of trusting you know, others, is, yeah, really allowing them the... to do what they they need to do, and that stems back to you know to, to my early days as well. You know, I said earlier about. Um, you know, you learn from your mistakes. Yeah, That's yeah, how yeah. I was brought up in this in this job, and we we do the same thing with the guys at EMEA as well. You can you can talk about theory all day, yeah. But, uh, and do role plays all day, and they they either do a call really well and remember yeah. that, or if they really mess up a call, you know, I'd rather they did they had the call and really messed up than uh, than be scared to make yeah. a call. Uh, and and, uh, and and that's um, you know that that's something I think a lot of the guys in the office sort of appreciate and, and get yeah. On. I was going to say that that yeah. I guess that must really contribute to the culture as well that. Be it, I mean, yeah, having an environment where it's okay to make mistakes and okay to fail mm. can be really empowering, right? And that's something that you can learn from a lot. Um, yeah. Okay, that that that's cool. So, I guess what um, what what what's I think what what are you excited about then? What's what's going on? Um, with you guys um, yeah I mean, there's a lot a lot going on really I mean obviously we've got quite big plans for the next uh, next five years yeah. I and mean, I think uh, you know as I mentioned earlier we just made offers to two two people yesterday so the, the growth is really you know pushing up yeah. I think that uh, um, you know we, where we want to be is to be seen as the Go to recruiters in in the Netherlands and, and Switzerland, you know. Nice. Um, but then in the uh, next, by end of twenty twenty, we we're looking to open a new um, office as well in a new country. We oh, we, wow. we don't know where that's going to be yet, so it's not uh, defined. But uh, there's a few ideas, but you know, we'll see see how that goes. Um, and and then you know, we just moved office, so we double got double the office yeah. space. Uh, so you know, I think it was enough space in there to get another. Well, to, uh, I think to go up to about fifty. 50 so that's uh that's really cool i mean obviously we, we we've got a, a podcast series that's coming out yeah, that's uh, as well so we've got a few uh sort of yeah celebrities that are interviewing on that which is which is which is cool uh, but uh we're doing a lot of networking events you know and but um well like hosting events. yeah well no we're actually so last year in december we had an event that was um that we co-hosted with microsoft so oh, nice. we're doing uh, in, that that was in amsterdam so we've got um uh three more of those with oh, Microsoft nice. next year which I mean it's a CFO round, round table with, oh, with wow. Microsoft at their at their European head office oh, which, nice. is, which is cool uh, we've got uh, doing another one with Nielsen the information business in, in Geneva oh, the wow. same kind of thing uh, and, and with Tesla as well oh, uh, wow. so we're doing a lot of a lot of that we, we uh, yeah, obviously do a lot of our own networking events as well yeah. but there what we've found is that these are the ones that um, really grab the attention because if you you know if you're saying you're working with Microsoft yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we, we work closer with their management team now that's uh, but why are you doing you know, that though why is it is so, it to help your recruiters is it to help them with client acquisition get in front of the right people like what why are you doing that because that that wouldn't be a normal approach for a no so I mean? I mean it's part it's mainly i think that there's a couple of reasons i mean firstly it's uh, we we know the guys at microsoft quite well so okay. we're helping them i mean it's like a, let's say a cfo network event yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. so um it, it raises our clearly raises our profile in, sure. in the markets uh, and uh, uh, and you know proves that we 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 know what we're talking about. You yeah, know? yeah, I mean, yeah. I think you know, eleven years ago, if we'd approached Microsoft to the events, <laughs> uh, I think they would have—that's the reaction they would have had. They would have laughed at this, but I, I yeah, think yeah, uh, yeah. you know. So it's a very and that I mean that to be honest, that uh, last year that was the thing that gave me the biggest. Um, 
buzz last year was that event that we did because really? you know I, I i was doing a presentation there then you hand over to the country director of microsoft in in the netherlands and you hand oh, over wow, to the management team cool. and, and then you've got a group of really senior level people who, who want to be there not just because it's microsoft but also because emea have something to offer as well yeah. and uh, and i think that you know it was really cool to think you know something that, that you know kel and i started in, in our lounge you know 11 years ago there, and now yeah, you, you've got you know, the guys at microsoft so all bought into it and uh, so that was really cool so I think we've got more of that coming so it's, yeah it's That's really exciting. yeah there's a lot of really you know, sort of cool stuff happening cool really, so, yeah. so a few um, a few last things then before we finish um, if so for those people that um, uh, are thinking about starting their own agency or have just started what what's your sort of don't know key one two three pieces of advice for, for those people through your sort of 10 11 year journey that you've learned okay i mean i think that i think the first one is just to, to do it to yeah. start off with don't, o- action, don't overthink it yeah Take that's because uh, the more you think about it the more you're going to find more reasons yeah that's it you'll find more reasons not to okay. do it and it's not you know that, that's not the that's not the wise thing to do i think once you've decided to do it i think uh you know be prepared to put a lot of hours in you yeah. know i mean that there's no escaping that in the early days i mean no. i was i was 20 minutes late for my own wedding like closing the, <laughs> closing the deal like we were getting really? married well we were getting married in fiji and this call that i was on i knew that the if i closed it it would pay for the whole day of fiji, <laughs> the honeymoon in fiji uh, the wedding in fiji as well as extra and uh, oh so yeah God. i mean obviously you know i don't recommend anyone does that but <laughs> but it just gives That's you an brilliant. idea of the uh the 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 work ethic you yeah, need, yeah, you know? yeah i mean you've got to put a I lot of hours in you know and uh and I think, yeah, it, it does come down to a lot of focus as well. That That's one thing I've, I've learned. So at the time when we started, I would have taken, I would have worked on any job, yeah. any location, any level, just to get jobs on yeah, when yeah, we yeah, started yeah. ourselves because you've got no basic salaries. So yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But I, if I look, if I was given my, my, my self-advice, uh, you know, from 11 years back, it would be, you know, really focus on, uh, one area, you know, if you're gonna do, if you're gonna do the Netherlands, if you're gonna do Switzerland, if you're gonna do Sweden, really Denmark, down whatever it is, just focus on that because then you can really get the most out of it. But that's, uh, yeah, that's I, we advice. we didn't do that and we still got there. But I think we could have done it quicker if we'd have focused. Yeah, more. yeah. So that, that'd be the three sort of key no, I like areas. That. I think so. So, yeah. Alvin, where where do you see um, the recruitment industry going from your perspective? Because mm. I think you're, as you said, you said you haven't built the traditional recruitment business and mm. uh, you've been on a an interesting journey but like where what's your point of view because it seems like you're starting a podcast you're trying different things mm. um what, what what's your opinion of where it's going and how it's changing i mean i think like these days obviously so much of the the way that recruiters work is on you know, social media yeah and uh and you know i mean most people to get people to make phone calls now is quite a challenge you know yeah. and it's, uh, and, and that, but personally i I think that the model is going to go to a complete U-turn. I think the best companies will be the ones that will make the calls. Uh, I think you know the, the social media. The yeah, I think I think the social media is is awesome. You know, where you're reaching out to a yeah. lot of people. You can reach thousands of people with one yeah. one post. Yeah. But in reality, going back to what we we're saying earlier, you don't need you know twenty, thirty, forty thousand yeah. people to, to to like you. You need. 10 or 15 yeah, to, buy, yeah. to, to buy into you. But the only way they can buy into you is by speaking to people and meeting people. But I, but I do, the, the social media side is, is big and it is going yeah. to be massive for a long time. But I think the ones that will really stand out are the ones that actually go against the, the, the crowd. And okay. so, okay, I'm going to go back to the old way of doing this. I'm going to actually 
I'm going to call. I'm going yeah. to keep going until I actually speak to you. And uh, you know, and, and people appreciate that a lot more. You know, I think yeah. uh, um, you know the, the, we could have had this conversation, let's say, on uh, you know on the phone, or we could yeah. have done it on video, or you know, even on a yeah, on email, on the Word yeah, document, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. But actually, you know, sitting in front of each other and having a conversation, yeah, you, yeah. It, it just you can't really replace that. So, so I'm a bit old school from that point of view, you know, in terms of all the social media stuff is, is awesome. You know, I, I know there's definitely a place for it, but I think, and I think everyone's going to get a lot from it. But I still think the ones that will make the biggest difference are the ones that actually still go back Value to the that. old way of doing yeah. it and make, uh, make the calls. But it's calling the right people. It, uh, again, going back to the, the 80-20 rule, it's uh, calling the top 20%. Yeah. And, uh, I think, and, I think know, that, so. I think that's also the thing I'd say to that, Paul, is that, yeah, you can reach loads of people, but there's no point unless you're not reaching that 20% that you want to be reaching because mm. I think that, that that's the exciting part that the the whole marketing content like if you really know exactly who you want to resonate with and you really niche down just double down on that and focus on that then that that's only going to enable you to have more um valuable conversations with people and and meetings with people um and also i think the fact if you really do know who you want to target the fact that you can get your story out there and how you do come across in person over over content through video whatever um is really achievable as mm. well um mm. so no i think you're completely right it's not for me, my my opinion is that it's they've got they've got to work together. Like you can't just rely on mm, oh, okay, mm. we're doing all this nice fancy marketing stuff now, so I don't need to be on the phone as much. Yeah. But really blending the two, um, and using marketing and, and today's tools to drive the right conversations to you, as opposed to just relying on outbound, outbound, leaving voicemails. Mm, um, mm is the powerful mix so I think that's that's what you're on about right it's combining the two you can't yeah. just put your eggs in this new basket because it seems a bit more cool mm. and a bit more hip and yeah. nice <laughs> but as you quite rightly said that you need this. that's what we always say you have to still um, do what recruiters are great at and that's building authentic relationships through phone calls through meetings and, and sticking to your word and delivering to, to what you say you will mm. um, so yeah that's exciting yeah yeah no, so it's, uh, yeah that's it because at the end of that you're still yeah, it is. You're still working with 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 people. People have yeah, opinions. Exactly. They have challenges. They have issues. You know, and and I think, um, yeah, you, you you can you can solve the these things much easier on in the phone or on person. And yeah. uh, you know, and and yeah, to get in touch with the people initially, the social media is very good. So exactly, but and then and then you've got to do what you've got to do. You've got to go back yeah, to the basics only get you of so it far. And, uh, you're yeah, right. Yeah. So um, look, a question I always ask people then, and, and we'll call it a day, is um. So if you if you um, could communicate to every recruiter out there, they'd listen to Paul, they'd take your advice, they'd implement it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. What would you say? Could be a se- <laughs> could be a sentence, could be a word, okay, could okay. be whatever you want it to be. What what, sp- what springs to mind? Okay, okay. Well, this <laughs> that's a tough question. Uh, um, so I would say. Um, make sure you've got a clear set of goals nice. and just take lots of action to in order to achieve the goals. Nice. That would be the main thing. No, you yeah. said action a lot and I think that, that's real. <laughs> yeah. No, I like it. I think you're completely right. It's so easy to, to get caught in doing quote-unquote work which is actually ends up just if you actually audit your day just replying to emails and doing all the things which really isn't the work that you need to be doing to enable you to be better than yesterday or better than last year, right? So... Mm. Um, just take loads of action. Yeah, that's it. And 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 you mentioned emails there. That's um, so you've done something recently, uh, haven't you? Yeah. Well, it's basically what um, what we're trying to implement in our place is that the people only check email for an hour a day. Yeah, uh, I'm and, trying uh, to implement that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not easy, but it's yeah. uh, but but I've done it now. I'm, I, that's yeah, because what you, yeah, when you've replied back to me, it says like. 
due to like really busy workload, I now only look at my emails between what time? Yeah, three and four. That's, three and four. Uh, yeah. And how's that it, gone it for you? Then? It's been amazing. Like, really, I've, got, I've been far more productive and, and the thing is when you are it comes back to the focus again yeah. when you, you, there's, a, there's a website called eggtimer.com oh, okay. uh, so I, I set the eggtimer.com for an hour and it's in the corner of the screen and you're like right, I've got an hour to go through these emails so, wow. and, and as long as you reply to the emails in the right way and you, you, you don't want to you want to avoid having email conversations yeah. so every reply you send should be if you can do this then that's great if not here's the other options and send me an invite or send me an agenda whatever yeah, it is yeah, so yeah. that you can't just send one or two with emails by reply yeah, and, and it works really well uh, uh, but uh, yeah okay. so I've given you an answer to another question in the end there but, uh, <laughs> no, but, that's it, really but it is something that I mean it, that would be for me that's the best thing I've done uh, personally for my working day um for a long time really you know, if uh, yeah because you know how it is you can get yeah, yeah. especially in the business emails, owner, you know 90 times owner. a day and, and uh, yeah and it's how, how have the consultants it. taken to that then what yeah it's not not easy not, <laughs> not easy i mean i think uh, yeah it's a work in progress i would say but yeah. i think it, what it what it what's going to happen is i'm hoping that once they see the benefits yeah, of, yeah, of what of what they can do with the extra time then there'll be no sort of yeah. arguments coming back no i had a, i had a conversation about this, this sort of thing yesterday and like the power of like auditing your day so like and I think from stuff like that you recognise oh shit I'm actually spending three hours answering my emails and that, that doesn't really help me get any closer to achieving my target so mm-hmm. that's, I really like the fact that you've done that but um, look Paul it's been an absolute pleasure thanks yeah. a lot for coming in it's really enjoyed you. that thanks for your time no cheers thank you <laughs>